Welcome to the Kitchen, Bathroom and Cabinet Design Podcast with your host Hendrik in association with CAD International and the Kitchen and Bathroom Designers Institute. This is the first and only design podcast on kitchen and bathroom design in Australia and we'll be working to bring you some amazing content to teach you the tips, tricks and tools of the design industry. We're going to be sitting down and hearing from industry experts who will share some really unique advice and perspectives on how to make a bigger impact with your design business and with your designs. Whether you're an interior designer, a cabinet maker, building designer, architect or student, we believe that you're really going to enjoy these episodes. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the KBC Design Podcast with your host Hendrik. So for today's podcast episode, I interviewed Toby Farthing from All Bathroom Gear. Um, So they've been in the industry for about 30 years and they're a full service renovator. uh, And they've won multiple Australian building and design awards for their beautiful bathroom and kitchen designs. Um, So they're essentially a complete supply design and renovation service. Uh, So, yeah, for today's interview, Toby and I had a bit of a chat about different appliances and we had a bit of a chat about designing bathrooms because I know we haven't discussed that much on uh, on our last episode. So on this one, I really wanted to dive into how to create award-winning designs and what the process of that is. So let's jump straight into it. So I'm here with Toby Farthing from All Bathroom Gear. Um, so you guys have been in the industry for about 30 years. Uh, yes, the, the, okay. the outlet itself has been, uh, it was founded in, in 1983 and was a little brassware shop in, in West End. Okay. And, and could you tell me a little bit more about what you guys do? Um, certainly. We effectively were a bit of a one-stop shop. We um, sell, we have over 60 suppliers and we sell retail products for the people that are just coming in and just want to replace hand towel rail or toilet roll holder, etc. cetera. Uh, and then we also have product that is available if you're doing a, a big renovation and your builder has said go and, and choose all your bathroom and kitchen gear uh, and then we supply the builder. And then we also, for the time poor people that just say, look, we just need a new bathroom, can you just do it from start to finish? So from design right the way through uh, to the the, um, install of all the product and Mm. builders clean and we walk out and you walk into your new bathroom. So we effectively do it all. Okay, so it's essentially everything from supply, design, and renovation yes. uh, to the whole process. Yeah. Okay. Um, could you also tell me a little bit about the earlier days of your business and what that was like? Uh, okay, so Paul and I have been um, home renovators, um, builders since, oh, gee, early 2000. 
Um, and we did a lot of big high-end renos in, in the Brisbane CBD. Mm. And we used um, the previous owners of all bathroom gear, Henry and Maureen, to do all our smaller jobs. Um, and when they decided to retire, um, they sort of rang us and said, well, you better take over bathroom gear as well because, you know, we know and trust you that you do a good job. And so... And that's effectively how it happened. And I've always been um, quite hands-on with the big builds prior to Bathroom Gear with the clients, um, just helping them select product that we know will work with the design and, and the age of their home, et cetera. Mm. So I did sort of have um, a little bit of experience up my sleeve from a build point of view. Okay. Um, it was more when I came to Bathroom Gear that I got more hands-on with the actual styling and interior designing and, and putting product together mm. uh, so it's cohesive with the, the what the client wants and the um, style of the home and, and what aspects of the home that they wanted to highlight. Okay. And your background is in interior design? Uh, I wouldn't say my whole background is based on that. I'm, okay. I'm a effectively my um, main experience is, is throughout the build process. Uh, okay. um, interior design is something that I've only sort of got really involved with in the last five years. Mm. So um, it was effectively when, when you have a client that doesn't really know what it is they want. They've seen half a dozen photos on Pinterest or they've seen something in a magazine and say, oh, look, I want this, I want that. I can, because I've been involved in the build process, I can see whether that is actually going to work. Mm. So then it's my job to find something that the client likes and something that is cohesive with the rest of the home. Okay, so so you're very good at being able to pinpoint the different um, the ways of how something's going to be constructed and to give your client a better idea of not just how it will look but how it's going to work. That's right, and there's a lot of I have a lot of clients come in and say, "Oh, you know, I'd really like to do this style of vanity, and I'd I'd like to you know do a, a free wall open shower." Mm. And it's, they sort of look at the room and that they step it out and they think, well, you know, this will work. Um, and, you know, they forget that they're going to lose 60 mil in a wall cavity and then they forget that the free wall cavity's got to be at least 90 mil to get plumbing in it. So all of mm. a sudden you've lost a lot of your room. So it's I effectively go out there once the room's been stripped out with a can of paint and I draw everything in on the, the bare floor mm-hmm. and say to them, you know, do you feel like this is enough room? And they'll go, oh, well, no, that, that's not going to work. So I'm, I'm very hands-on as far as, as trying to help a client understand the build process and how we're going to get what they want in the area that they need to. Mm, okay. And... Yeah, I'm I'm a bit curious because I actually went to a um it was a showroom event hosted by the Kitchen and Bathroom Designers Institute yesterday. Yeah. 
Um, and I saw a whole range of stove tops and appliances and products that they essentially they had a whole range of those. And I was wondering how do you actually go about choosing the products for your clients or do you just kind of send your client off by themselves to go choose the products? I do both. Um, okay. I normally I will say to a client, uh, okay, let's meet up uh, after I've finished in the showroom on Saturday afternoon mm. and we go to the outlets together. Mm. And they will, because I have close relationships with the people that I use, for instance, let's just say we were going to Stocks Retrovision. So I've been dealing with Ben for 17 years. He knows that I'm very hands-on with my clients. So I'd go ring Ben and say, hey, I'm bringing in a client and um, this is the style of the home. This is what, you know, I feel like they're looking at. This is what I think will work. Mm. Uh, I need you to step us through some product um, that one, you know, is reliable, that two, has good warranties and three, um, is going to fit with the aesthetic of the home. So effectively, we get guided around the showrooms by a specialist that we know and trust and has proven themselves mm. um, in the past to you know previous clients and the like and effectively between the three of us we make an educated decision that day together okay so trust is a very important part of the process would you say absolutely there um, unfortunately there with with a lot of these when you talk about um, some of the big chains they have quite a high staff turnover so more often than not you're dealing with someone that's only been dealing with the product for you know a few maybe months two, you know and yeah. they don't know enough about the specifications of the product mm. which is why I tend to go with um, the smaller uh, businesses where I have had a relationship, like I said, I, I've been dealing with Ben for over 15 years at Stocks. Mm. Um, I've, I've been dealing, you know, the, as far as electrical and, and white goods and the likes goes, it is really, really important that you speak to someone that has a lot of knowledge over the years um, with these products because... Mm. There's, you know, some things just, uh, we have, there is such a wide range of, of things that are coming out and really economic. Oh, yes. People it's... say, oh, gee, these are really cheap. We should do that. <laughs> and it's like, well, are you going to end up replacing it in two years' time, you know, or are you mm. going to spend a little bit more now and have this product for the next 15 years, you know? Yeah, I can so, definitely see how it could get confusing because I was at this trade show and it was a huge, I guess you would say like a warehouse um, just of kitchens everywhere. And yeah. I could see how people could get confused. Like when they try to choose a certain product. Absolutely. And look, you know, as a client, it's fine to go out and, and even get online and say, okay, well, I like the look of this. I like the mm. look of this. I like the look of this. Now, if it's a brand, I don't know, I will immediately ring someone that I know has been in the industry 20 years and say, okay, what do you know about this product? Mm. And they'll say, look, it's new on the market thus far. We've had no problems with it. Or, uh, look, I don't know. It's, you know, it has been problematic in the last couple of sites that it's gone into. Mm. So 
um, at that point, I would say, okay, do you have something that is as aesthetically similar um, but is a better, better product? And they'll give me two or three options. So, again, it's about those relationships with, with the smaller chains that, mm. that you get the most knowledge from. Okay. Um, yeah, and obviously, so they would supply you with the, uh, the specifications and the plans of the different appliances and you would then go and figure out how it fits into the design or how would it work? Um, usually we will take uh, a set of plans with us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, if you're dealing with someone that, that, you know, has been in the industry 15 years and you take them a set of plans, mm. um, you know, they are, quite often they'll have good ideas because they'll have seen their product fitted out in um, many, many different ways. And, um, for instance, I had a lady the other day and we'd taken her plans and she was having a, a big double oven put in her. She has six children, so she was putting a double oven in her kitchen. And um, Ben had said to us, you know, why don't we flip this kitchen around he said, but if, because if you're putting a double fridge, you're going to have a door opening onto an oven because the oven's going to butt right up against it. So mm -hmm. that's what we did. And the kitchen is now much more functional. So, again, if you're dealing with one of the big trains and you've got someone young that doesn't know how to read plans, you can't get that, um, that knowledge and that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, because it's going to be difficult working with them because they're not going to understand exactly how the design works and how That's the appliance right. will fit in and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the benefit of dealing with someone like us that have been builders of entire homes and are now also doing, you know, small room renovations mm -hmm. is that you have all of these experiences and you have all of these relationships that we can, I, you know, I learn new things every day mm -hmm. um and um so you can effectively be be very rest assured that you're going to get as much industry experience that is available you mm -hmm. know if we don't know we will find out for you you know sort of thing yeah and i, I want to steer this conversation a little bit more towards um towards some of your guys winning award-winning designs. Yes. Um, cause I'm really curious about those cause there's quite a lot here. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to know from you, what's the, I know obviously you don't design just to win awards, but what's the one, th one or few things you need to consider when you want to create a really jaw dropping kitchen? Okay. Uh, so, the, I work differently to a lot of designers. A lot of designers will walk in and say, okay, this is what we should do with this space. Mm. Whereas I will actually get a client into my showroom and we'll sit down and have a chat about the space, what they actually need functionally from the space. Mm. Um, get them to pull up some images of, of product, you know, a, a tile set out or a stone or something that they really love. And then we walk around the showroom and I show them other things that are available and other solutions, etc. 
And then once I've done that, I it, it, it's about watching that person's body language as they go through the showroom. Mm. So you might take them over to the Caesar Stone stand and say, okay, is there any Caesar Stone here that you particularly love? And immediately they'll pick one up. Mm. And then you'll sort of walk over. I have like a great wall of taps and it's like, is there any tap on this wall that you really love the style, shape, colour, et cetera of? Mm. So it's about watching the client's body language and finding what it is they love. And then I leave them alone. They go They go home and then um, our builder will draw up the floor plan for me and then I'll start placing product in and do effectively a little mood board that I will email to the client and say, do you like this concept? You know, do you mm. like this? These are with these tiles, with these taps, with this sinkware, with etc. You know, do you think we... Uh, if, if we made the kitchen a wee bit smaller, um, I can do you a butler's pantry with a second sink. If you want to have an open plan kitchen, you can hide all the mess, dirty dishes, et cetera, in a dinner party in your little butler's pantry. They'll say, yes, that's a great idea, or no, I'd rather just have the big open space. So it's not just about me sort of saying, okay, I want to use this stone or I want mm. to create this this fabulous yeah, we all. I always work within the constraints of what my client has shown me that they love or that they want in their kitchen. So, while sometimes I would do certain things a little bit differently, mm. if the client loves it, that's all that matters to me. I mean, I wouldn't let them put something in that is just really, really wrong and is just mm. going to date or look bad. I, I would somehow manage to talk them out of that and, and <laughs> create a better solution. Right. But that you're, you're uh, the way I sort of utilise design is, is uh, it's my job to make what the client loves fit that space. Hmm. So, you know, I've, I've got clients that have got absolutely superb taste and everything we we you know we um, we immediately gravitate to the same kind of product mm. um and then others that that really surprise me and say oh you know look i want to do this and i want to do that and i draw it all out and i put it together and i think gee that works really well now mm. let's add this and take that away and and make it all balanced so you know, you, you always start with one particular product, whether it be the stone, whether it be the, the, the cooktop, whether it be um, the flooring or the, the you know, I, I had a lady the other day and she did navy uh, cupboards in her kitchen with gold, brushed gold handles. Mm. And that was her bang for her buck. So the rest of the kitchen had to be muted uh, down quite quite a lot because had we not, it would have got very, very busy. So mm. effectively, it's it's the one product that the client is saying, this is what I want, and then me working around that. Mm. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, so that makes sense because you're, you're starting with something. So it's not like you're starting with a blank piece of paper. That's so right. Starting with your client and you're kind of paying attention to what the things are that they like and you kind of steer them in the right direction. That's correct. Yeah, that, okay. that is 
the biggest part of my job. Yeah. Um, and how do you, cause I'm curious about this as well. How do you make sure that you actually have an impact on your client so that they come um, back for more and you know, yeah, it's, it's about relationships. Um, I, I spend a lot of time in, I have a little design studio within my showroom mm. and um, it's about sitting down and talking to them and getting a feel for, you know, it's most clients are very open. We where I mean, the, the design room looks all very fabulous and the lights, but we're very um, family orientated and, and homely people. Mm -hmm. So people will quite often just start talking to us about where they're from, if they're country people originally, or if they're, you know, um, from tropical North Queensland and they're used to big open spaces and, and things like that. So you'll learn little things about your client and, and you go from there. So it's, when someone is about to make a bad decision, mm. the first thing that you need to do is acknowledge it and say, I understand why you've said that because mm. of, you know, where you've come from. But in the space that you have now, we're going to have to manipulate that mm. to fit, you know, where, where you want it to go and how you want it to go. And I think so long as you're not, arrogant about design you know like i watch some of these these designers on shows like the block and all the rest of it <laughs> and they just sit there and say this is wrong 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 yeah well, for me for me nothing is wrong because mm. if my client loves it then it's right yeah all i've got to do is is stop them from making a a, a too many i love i love decisions that aren't going to work yeah so and I, I will always respect a client and say, from a design point of view, I think you've added too many different shapes here. You've got squares here and you've got rectangles here and you've got hexagons here. Mm. And we pair that back to, you know, maybe two shapes in the room and it still work for you. And they'll chew on it and think about it and go, okay, all right, let's lose the hexagon and let's go and have a look at something else. As long as you're respectful to your client and you don't mm. mock them and, and, and tell them that they're wrong or, or you know, most times I can explain to a client why I think what they're doing is not going to work mm. and it's received fairly well. Right. So it's just having those people skills, really, being able to relate to people and understand what they want. Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, seven times out of ten, a client doesn't actually know what they want. Mm. And it's up to me as I walk them around the showroom to see what product they touch and what product they stand there and look at and what product they test the functionality of. And it's mm. like, okay, well, they, clearly they like that because they're playing with it. If they're just walking past it or they're putting their finger on it and then looking at the, the, the fingerprint on the chrome finish and then screwing their nose up, it's like, okay, they don't want chrome, they want brush music, you know? Yeah. So it's paying attention to all of this stuff and making these notes as you walk through mm. and immediately once we sit back down at the table and I run through my notes, I've usually got a supplier. Mm. and a style 
that I'm going to pitch to this client just by watching what they've been attracted to and what they haven't in the showroom. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, in terms of bathrooms, because I want to talk about that, because I feel like on the show we haven't talked enough about bathrooms. Um, could you tell me a little bit about what is some important things you should consider when you start off your bathroom project? Um, well, for me, because there's there's a, a, a fairly big misconception out there that you can do bathrooms quite cheaply. Like we'll, we'll mm. get people that, that ring up and say, you know, I don't want to spend any more than $15,000. Right. And we say to them, it's if, if you're talking about a full bathroom reno, you're not going to be able to do it for $15,000 mm. because you've got to gut everything. If it's not a new building, you need to straighten the walls so your tiles fit correctly. You mm. need to uh, a wet seal. You need to pour tiling beds. You need to all of these things and they take time and they take labour. And it's the biggest thing for me that, that I say to anyone that comes in to do a bathroom renovation, mm. what is your budget? And trying to keep the, the clients into their budget because there's some pretty cool stuff out there yeah. and it's expensive. Um, mm. And then you'll see people say, oh, you know, look, we can push the budget that much further <laughs> to, to get this in. That's usually how it starts, right? It's yeah, one product true. and then they see another product and they want to add that. And then they see another one and they want to add that one. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, sorry, I don't know how to, um, um, all of a sudden, they're outside of their budget mm. and things are, pan you know, everybody's panicking. So the hardest thing for me is keeping people inside their budget when they see all this cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So, um, yeah, it's, but, you know, look, nine times out of ten, we can work and find a product that is is similar to the product, the high-end or expensive product that they want, we can find something similar in a mid-range that will fit their budget. So, mm. um, but yeah, one, that's the most important thing. Two, figuring out who the space needs to service. If it's mm. just, if it's an ensuite and it's just a, a, um, a husband and wife or the likes, or whether there's going to be uh, little kids, whether there's going to be teenage kids, whether those kids are male or female, and figuring out who the space needs to service. So they're, mm. they're probably the two main things that I find out straight away from a client. And it gives me a lot of information as to how we go forward from that point. Mm. Now, I'm actually looking at some of the bathrooms on your guys' page. and. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing a lot of different material use in a lot of the bathrooms I'm seeing. Like some have this off gray uh, stone installed and some have some different colors of granite. Um, yeah. So I want to know what is your process of material selection? Uh, again, it's because when, when someone comes to us and says they want their bathroom or their kitchen, um, done, mm. 
Mm. Um, they, we will, my, my husband is the builder, so he goes out and effectively measures up the house, uh, sorry, the space, and he will take a few photos with the client's permission, obviously, um, of the rest of the house so that mm. I can see what colour floor they've got, so I can see what colour walls they've got, I can see what other kind of tapware they've got in the house. Mm. So that is effectively where it starts. Now, if someone says to me, okay, I've got um, quite a yellow floorboard um, that is going to butt up to the floor of the bathroom. So what you want to do then is sort of say to the client, okay, are we doing something that is super different to mm -hmm. the floorboard or do we want it to sort of flow in and, and be a variation of that floorboard? And, or do we want something really stark and white or stark and, and black? And mm. based on that information, um, because, I mean, you can get tiles that are a timber look, you can get mm. tiles that are a stone look, and there's a lot of people that are, are, are loving the wooden stone uh, together at the moment. So we're doing a lot of Italian honed finish um, stone look tiles at the okay. moment. Um, but... Yeah, it, it effectively, it depends on what is in the rest of the house as to where we start with the different textures, whether it be stone, mm. whether it be timber, whether it be tinted glass or tinted mirrors, or do we, uh, whether we have a wood grain finish on the, the vanity or, mm. a, you know, a, a white satin finish. So, yeah, it's usually based on what's in the rest of the house. Right. Now, I was having a chat with uh, Di Henschel the other day from Di Henschel Interiors. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um, and what she told me is essentially when she's designing a kitchen, now I'm not sure if this applies to bathrooms, but she said that when she designs kitchens, she kind of tries to go with all the main stuff as a neutral color or like a neutral texture and then, then she sort of adds like different splashes of color or something more dramatic. And she told me that that was because if you added more dramatic stuff into the actual structure, like into the core design, then it would be hard to change over the years. So how would you say that applies to bathroom design? Absolutely, yes. It, it's exactly the same policy. Mm. You, the, effectively, the rules are um, for, for the likes of, of your tile or mm. your, your bathtub, things that are going to be hard to change out, unless obviously it's a freestanding bath, your vanities and the likes, you want to put product in that isn't going to date. Mm. So it's quite easy to change a stone top on a vanity, mm. but to pull a vanity out and off tiles, you you know, you will break wet sealing, which means you've then got to wet seal the whole bathroom again and mm. it can't have any perforations, etc. So um, definitely you want a, a tile that's got, that is going to throw whatever colour you put with it. And mm. there's a lot of greys that do that. There's a lot of neutrals, uh, you know, beiges and browns and, um, 
just effectively your neutral mineral colours mm. that will throw, if you put green towels, they'll throw a little bit of green in, in their surface. If you put red towels, they'll throw a little bit of red in their surface. So um, it's really important to, to have those, those neutrals and then bring the drama in with the things that you can change out easily. Mm. Now, what's the favorite pro? What's your favorite project that you've worked on so far, in terms of bathroom design? Wow, it it would have to be one that I haven't got up yet. <laughs> um, I only I only finished it uh, last week, and um, this bathroom we had we had a fair bit of space to work with, and. Um, we've got a big timber feature wall that we used um, Broadguard Boutique uh, timbers um, to get us some really beautiful black butt with lots of texture in it. Mm. And we've created a big timber feature wall behind a big freestanding bath. Um, and then there's the freefall shower wall that's open at each end behind. Um, stunning vanity in, in we effectively we did a wood grain vanity and matched uh, the timber feature wall. That's why we went to um, Broadguard who does all the boutique timbers. Mm. Um, we got him to find us some, some timber that, that we could create this wall panelling with that, that matched the vanity as close as possible without looking too sort of matchy-matchy. Mm. And uh, he did a fabulous job of that. So that's all gone up. But um, the photographer only went yesterday to take the photos. So I'm really excited to see the photos soon. I'll be submitting uh, this one into this year's awards. Okay. Um, to see how we go. And mm. that, that's a renovation in a, um, a little worker's cottage um, in Camp Hill. Um, okay. When, when I say little, it's quite big for a worker's cottage, yeah. Mm. So it's beautiful. The other one would have to be um, the bathroom that I, I uh, won the award for or we won the award for um, at Kangaroo Point. Um, that bathroom is just stunning. You, the photos, you can't can't actually see mm. the, the beauty of this unless you're standing in that room i mean there's giant oversized tiles and just the bench tops and the finishes and and the polished black sapphire tapware mm. uh, which you can't really see in in the photos um the smoked screen it is just such a romantic and 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 just beautiful beautiful space to be in mm. i hope i'm on the right one is it is it the one with the black tiles uh no okay so the dark, in, is it like a light stone are you in bathroom gallery i'll quickly go check it out okay yes bathroom gallery okay so you, the first one you'll see is the white and navy tiles. Go past that one. Mm -hmm. And then there's two that are from the Dutton Street House. That was a really beautiful bathroom too. Mm. It's one of my favourites. Um, but if you go down a little bit further and you see the drawer with the hairdryer, 
Oh yes, is that the ensuite? The ensuite one. Yeah. So With, that's the one I'm talking about. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, that's amazing. Yeah, it is Crazy. just stunning. Like if you enlarge those photos, mm. that bathroom is just beautiful. They're Jamie J black polished sapphire tapware mm. that is gorgeous, and. Um, again, this is where I, I sort of want to reiterate that, you know, sometimes we are restricted as far as what our client wants. Mm. Now, I would have loved to have put um, a, a fixed shower on the wall with a ceiling dropper so that mm. we had they had like a twin um, shower and we didn't have to have all of that, that shower on the wall. Mm. But that is what the client wanted. So I couldn't get that in the black sapphire. So once we smoked the screen, that tapware looked the same colour as the tapware that was on the wall. Ah, okay, I see. And that is one of the most important things uh, of a designer's job is mm. to when you've got situations where a client is saying, I want this, mm. You, it's your job to figure out how to make that work in that space. Now, had I not smoked that screen, you would have seen um, a chrome shower that just didn't work. Right. That wouldn't really fit in with the rest of the design. That's exactly right. So oh. the answer is we smoke the screen, um, which doesn't reduce the size of the area by making it too busy. Mm. And it provides just the tiniest bit of... of, of extra privacy while you're in there mm. and the tapware looks the same color yeah it's so, a really great design because it it feels so simple and smooth like if i could imagine myself walking into this bathroom it just feels open and clear and simple. Oh, it, it is it is just uh, just you just love being in that space it is mm. beautiful and yeah. also the use of light i think is really great um the the windows you have the top i don't know what they're called top hung windows yeah, they're actually awning windows uh, awning ones. okay yeah. yeah yeah um so there isn't a lot of natural light okay in that so we had to if you have a look there's strip lighting underneath uh, the van, uh, sorry underneath the shaving cabinet yeah and there's strip light underneath the vanity and because um you know this this room is off the bedroom mm. um when someone was getting up in the middle of the night they, they would turn the light on and it would wake the other person up so what right. we ended up doing was putting a little um sensor on the door so okay. that when they walk through the door at night mm. only the LED, sorry, the strip lighting underneath the vanity came on, which mm. gave them enough light to go to the loo but not wake the, the, the other person in the room next door up with bright lights. Okay, so I see. Again, that's, that's a really important part of design is making things functional that, that actually mm. work. Um, and, of course, you know, there's other, we, we did down lighting and, and there's specific lighting over basins um, for, uh, you know, 
um, Tina that wanted to do ma her makeup and the likes and, mm. and then John wanted to shave, etc. So they've both got their own effectively private light, but then there's light for the whole room when they're showering, etc. Mm. Yeah, wow, it's a really great design. Mm. Um, now, could you tell me a little bit more about some of the trends happening in the industry or some of the things you're noticing in kitchen and bathroom design? Okay, so um, it's really interesting. Suppliers will will do these things um, effectively on purpose to to um, maintain their turnover. Mm -hmm. So you've seen in the last few years a lot of greys, a lot of whites, um, a lot of metallics. Mm. Um, now the metallics aren't going anywhere from, from what we, that, you know, the study that we have put in and then, um, there's a number of our suppliers go over to Italy for the, I'm hoping to get there one day, mm. um, for the bathroom kitchen trends expo. So what everybody is noticing that is that a lot of the sandy colors mineral colors are, are coming back and um the grays are being mixed in with mm. a lot of sandy neutrals and 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 pebbly sort of grays that have got a bit of brown in them so you're you're it, it's coming back to effectively earth wind and fire sort of scenario so mm. you're going to see um, just an ever so gentle move away from the Hamptons feel mm. to, um, you know, a, just a softer, more inviting, um, feel, I guess, feel. It's, it's not that with the Hamptons, there was a lot of um, different shades of white layered. Um, mm. There's a lot of different shades of grey layered and very much the Carrara bench tops with the, the you know, the big, you know, sometimes 90 mil apron over the edge of the, the uh, bench tops. Um, I think we're going to see a, a shift away from that mm. um, and going back to, to just a very gentle, I, like I don't think the Hamptons look is ever going to go away now, mm. but which I don't want it to because it's fabulous and it's, it's perfect for um, Queensland environment. Mm. Um, but there is going to be a lot more earthy tones sort of moving with the, even with greens and blues and the likes. And there's going to be a, a, a fairly big shift to Navy. Mm. Um, I'm seeing that already. I've done a number of, well, I've done a kitchen and now a bathroom as well um, with Navy cabinetry. Um, other things uh, throughout the room have been quite muted, but again, it is a mix of the greys and, and sand mineral sort of colours. So for me, that's the biggest shift that, that we're going to see. Mm. I don't think um, I don't think matte black's going anywhere, but we're seeing a, a, a again an ever so slight shift from matte black to the likes of brushed nickel and brush gold, mm. um, they're really very popular. And, look, I'm okay for a client to put in, um, you know, brush gold tapware because it's very easy to change out once you're 
sick of it, you know. Right. It's one of those small things you could just change. That's exactly right. Mm. So, um, which again is why it's so important to not stick to, uh, you know, a a very specific hard colour with your cabinetry or your bench tops because changing things out then becomes difficult because it's, you know, you've got to work with, what is fixed Mm. so it's always good to speak to someone about you know the color of your cabinetry the color of your stone tops and get the most current advice on that because these companies when when they do a a palette change um it's usually around for five or six years you know Mm. and which is where we've seen the grays you know grays and whites and layered whites and and, you know, to an extent, um, a little bit of pastel. Um, I, I don't, I try and discourage people from putting pastel basins and the likes in unless it's um, a commercial space, you know, like mm. a, a hotel bathroom or, or something like that, because I think they will date very quickly. Um, so I try and steer clients away from that. But... Yeah, I, matte black is always going to be around. It looks very clean. It looks very mm. high end. Um, but there is a slight shift because it, it just simply doesn't wear as well as the likes of brushed nickel or a gun metal or, mm. or you know, a brushed gold. Um, there's a big move towards gun metal because it's in between a black and a chrome or a brushed nickel. Mm. Um more often than it, it's interesting, men tend to like the 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 gunmetal more than than the ladies. The ladies, they love their brushed gold or mm. their shiny chrome. You know, so yeah, yeah that's crazy because that definitely <laughs> relates to the type of textures I like as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, there's a general consensus usually mm. across the scenario. Um, now we're almost running out of time, so I just want to sort of get a quick snapshot um, of maybe just some tips or tricks that that you could have for those that are starting off in the industry. That are starting in the industry, okay. Mm. Um, maybe something you've learned that if you went back, say five or ten years, you would tell yourself. Yeah. Um, don't sell. Mm. Don't, don't, don't sell a product. Um, sell yourself mm. um, because you, you have obviously done all the study. Um, you know, you know what you're doing. Mm. Your client has to trust it, what you're saying. So if you're in a showroom and someone's and you're excited about, um, you know, your, your stone rep has just bought in a, a fabulous new range of stone and you want to sell it, you want to get it in a bathroom, um, don't do that. Get, get to know your client and, mm. and get to know what they want. It's a very, very simple formula. Pick the one thing that they love that, you know, that they're really quite passionate about. Go with them to showrooms. Go with them to um, trade shows. And spend that time with your client and then it's very, very easy to pick uh, out of all the things that they've seen. You know, you said that you liked this. How about we put this with this? 
and they'll say, yeah, I never thought of that, looks great. And establish, go around and meet your suppliers, get to know your reps um, of, of different products, form relationships with suppliers so that you can take your clients to that supplier and say, hey, look, this is what we've got. Get the supplier's advice like we were saying before with with you know the the white goods and electrical goods it's it's the same thing with basins and and tapware and um you know custom made vanities for for awkward spaces you mm. know i'll go with my client out to the cabinet maker and introduce them and and participate in the decision making it's it takes two or three hours of your day um and it's so worth it for the referral and word of mouth with your client it's it's that they're probably the most important things and obviously do your study know know what's coming what the next trends are and there are companies that spend an absolute fortune traveling overseas um companies like um laminex and caesar stone they go overseas to see what the trends are Mm. two years before they hit our shores so if you're getting advice from them you can quite comfortably sit knowing that that's where everything's going because they've done all the study for you without you having to go um pardon me overseas to these trade shows and spend a fortune so Mm. um it's all about relationships with your suppliers with your clients and effectively with your tradesmen that are that are doing the renovations as well Mm. And being able to, I guess, project yourself ahead and being able to see what's coming in the future. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, the last thing I want to know, because um, we're close to running out of time. Yeah. Um, I want to know from you, what, what are you guys projecting towards or what, what is a goal that you guys are working on at the moment? Um, I, I just think every day, every, every room being better and better and better at what we do, um, the, we measure ourselves based on the feedback that our clients give us Mm. and you know, every job can't go perfectly. It's, it's not going to, you know, sometimes you'll strip the wall off and all of a sudden you'll realize the whole house, um, has been sitting here for 40 years and there's no earth strip in the house. So all of a sudden it becomes a much bigger job because the whole house has got to be rewired. Mm. Um, Things, there's little surprises left and right, but, but creating processes that streamline this and, and uh, checklists that, that say, okay, have we checked this? Have we checked this? Have we checked this? our, our biggest goal is to for a client to come to us and say, okay, can you des- design it? Can you help me choose product? Can you build it? And the answer is yes. We write up a contract. They go to work and get on with their life. Mm. And four weeks later, they walk into a brand new space and they have not heard a peep from us in the meantime. Mm. That That's our ideal goal. And it doesn't always happen because of the surprises or because, you know, there's something that we found that we need to prepare better. Um, Mm. So having the perfect project and the perfect result for the client every time. 
mm. would be our goal. And obviously creating spaces that we're really proud of, that are really beautiful. Mm. Well, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I'm going to have to wrap it up now, but I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, and we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon.